0: Hello and welcome to Girls That Invest. Today's Thursday, which means we're bringing you Making Money, a weekly series where we spill the tea on how to create a seven-figure side hustle because no one saves their way to wealth. You're joined today by Sim, a seven-figure business owner, and with me is Maya, an entrepreneur in the making. Hello, Maya. Kia ora, Sim. I am so excited to have you join me On this weekly series, it's going to be so exciting. We have had so many people ask us to do more content around starting a business, building a brand, having an extra side hustle. You know, there's a lot of things we can do in terms of investing, but if you don't have the money to invest or the extra income, especially in this climate, it just is a lot harder but guys I wanted to give you a little bit of a background between Maya and myself Maya is the friend who I have constantly been like hey you should start a business hey <laughs> you should do this hey we should like start and she'll be like cool let's sit down and have a chat and like you can teach me how you do it yeah. and I'm like yeah, yeah yeah one day one day and one day one day just never came." Until now. Until now. On a podcast. On a podcast. (laughs) And I'm so excited just to like explain and spill, because you know how transparent I am, Mm -hmm. everything that you want to know about starting a business, but in a way that benefits everyone else that might be like on the fence or just doesn't know where to begin. Look, only 2% of female-owned companies reach the seven figure mark and so if there's anything that like I can share that's been helpful Mm. or any questions that people have that they want answering like we're ready that's what we're here for this is exactly the reason for this podcast now Maya we met a long time ago well it was pre pandemic Mm. so it felt a long time ago but do you mind introducing yourself
1: Of course. Kia ora. He uri no no Tūwharetoa Ngaiterangi Ngāti Kahungunu me Tainui Hoki. Ko Maya Gardner ahau. Hello everyone, my name is Maya and I just listed my iwi affiliations. So I am indigenous to Aotearoa, indigenous to New Zealand and those are the places where I am from. I I could probably say I'm excited like
0: a million times mm-hmm. over, but I don't Same. think would actually. <laughs> I don't think would actually get to the series. But today we're speaking on what you need to come up with a business idea, which is I think once you've had a business, it's like oh, it's just a business mm-hmm. idea. But I still recall what it felt like just knowing that I had something in me like there was a part of me that knew I was going to have a business one day Mm -hmm. a part of me that just knew there was something I was going to do with my time that was meaningful that I had my name on Mm -hmm. or just you know was my baby to grow I had all this energy but I had no direction or nowhere to put it
1: have you ever felt that way or is that kind of where you're at oh I've definitely felt that way I think I've had the idea well an idea of what I'm good at and what I would like to do but just no direction in how to actually tangibly do that and I think that's very common for a lot of people so you just kind of people just sit on these ideas and then life happens and then you're like oh remember that silly little idea I had it was fantastic but I didn't know where to start that is honestly one of my biggest
0: nightmares Mm. like the idea of like knowing you have it in you but then life happens and Mm. it does happen like we're all we're kind of at that age where things are starting to change you just you know moved into your own place you are in a a place where like all these milestones are happening Mm. for you and i think for a lot of people in similar age groups to us but also just in general like sometimes they're unexpected sometimes you choose them
1: but You'd hate for the idea just to stay an idea. Yes. Yes. I think that's one of my fears as well is not following through with something that I'm passionate about, something that I enjoy doing and just kind of sitting and like fiddling fiddling my thumbs or whatever the saying is, is just kind of like sitting there without doing anything with it because you don't have any direction.
0: Twiddling with my thumbs. Do you mean twiddling your fingers? Twid- that's a good <laughs> thing.
1: <laughs> hey, you knew what I was saying, so I think it was it was pretty all good. It was pretty close. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so anyone who has had the wonderful joy of being in Sim's presence, <laughs> <laughs> she's cringing so hard, but she will freely give you unsolicited business advice, business ideas. You just mentioned that like, oh, I quite like making CVs. She's like, cool, done it. Here's your business plan. I've really, she's done that so many times and it's amazing and it comes so naturally to her. But unfortunately, not everyone has that kind of sparkle, I guess, creativity or joy to come up with all of these ideas. So firstly, we would like to go through what, is your process for creating a business idea and can you break it down into three steps but firstly before we get into that I'd like to quickly get you to go over what businesses you have created because I know you've created quite a few and made money from them. Yeah. So if you could just quickly go over what businesses you have created and how you came up with those business ideas.
0: Oh, that's a really good place to start. In terms of ideas, I would have to say I've had like 100. Oh, I am that girl that has the notebooks filled with ideas and I come up with a new idea and it's like a page in the notebook mm-hmm. and I forget about it. So in terms of maybe more notable businesses that I've actually followed through with and have like it's worth mentioning um would probably start with the Indian feminist yes. that was my first baby it was my first time realizing what social media could do or the impact it had mm-hmm. so this was back in like 2016 or maybe even earlier and i started an instagram page to speak about the issues that south asian mm-hmm. women were experiencing mm-hmm. sorry so how old were you i was 19 and i just did not really Like Instagram wasn't new by any means, but it was new in my experience of doing more than just using it as a consumer and maybe Mm -hmm. like being a brand and being on the other end of it. And so I was just like, you know what, maybe we'll have like 200 people that listen and or like follow the page and we can have some discussions about Mm -hmm. growing social media. How many did you get tuned in? We had 300,000 people follow the page Mm. and I remember at the start... There was one post that reached, like, you know how it says how many people can reach your Mm -hmm. post? It was like, this post has reached a million people. And I was like, insane, right? What I have to say has reached a million people. Like, this can have so much impact. Like, Mm -hmm. one, I have to be careful what I say. Yes. But how do we make it expressive? Or how can we let people do things outside of just social media with this? Because I was so young I felt so young I was like I can't do events I don't know how to organize that I also live in New Zealand and so I just recall being really confused as to like how I could make an impact with this kind of role Mm -hmm. but then at the same time I was like oh like I can do merch I was such a creative I used to do a lot of graphic designing Mm -hmm. like freehand work and I would draw like pictures that had slogans on them like rolling pins are very, they're used to make rotis Mm -hmm. in South Asian culture and rotis are like primarily made by the woman and it's like this whole idea of the woman in the kitchen using the like rolling pin to Mm -hmm. make the rotis and dad's like in the living room watching TV and I like drew a roti rolling pin and then wrote on it talk s word get hit (laughs) and it was like a girl holding the rolling pin like ready to hit someone if they like talked you know yeah smack and so like, I would turn them into, like, mugs and stickers and shirts. And, and they phone would, cases. And phone I, cases. I remember,
1: like, not knowing that you had done this, like, with oh, the Indian right. feminists. And I was like, oh, that's a cute phone case. And she was like, oh, just casually. Like, oh, I, I designed it. Like, it's my merch. And I was like, what? And she goes, no, this is my merch from the Indian Feminist." Like, not knowing. And then I Instagram the Indian Feminist, And I was like, holy. You're like, she really... She wasn't she did. lying. Yes. <laughs> what is this optometrist doing? <laughs> yeah. She did just make an iPhone case.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that was probably my first experience. And that was probably one of my most successful businesses before Girls That Invest. And then I had a sunglasses company where I would have sunglasses that were kind of like, I was just like, there's no alternative to getting cheap or like just reasonably priced sunglasses mm-hmm. that are online, everything you'd have to go to like a Glassens or like a Target equivalent, mm-hmm. or just something that you'd have to go in person to get them. So that was like an online business that did really well. I then sold that on, was able to buy my first car with mm-hmm. that money because couldn't quite save up my way to a first car. And then I don't know if I told you about this one, my other maybe more interesting business was when COVID hit I created a website that was like Airbnb and it was for people that had so COVID hit and you had to find a place to stay if you needed to isolate Mm -hmm. and a lot of Airbnbs either allowed you to use their place as a quarantine location and a lot of them didn't and you had to like inquire and ask which one was which Mm. so I created a website which was like Airbnb but for people that had Airbnbs that did okay and allow you to use their place to isolate so it was like a booking website yeah and that was really cool because if people booked through there I got like a commission based off it because they were using the website and it just made it easier for anyone that was looking because they were like okay any place to stay on this website, I know I can use and quarantine it. And, and so it was just like a filtering um, yeah. mechanism. And that was really fun. But I think like a month into it, the New Zealand government changed the laws and said, actually, quarantining will be done through government-owned hotels, hotels yeah. and not
1: private residences. So that business idea went bust real quick. I mean, I remember you telling me, I think we were fairly new to um, where we used to work and being friends, and you just casually at the end of the shift, you're like, "I just made a website," and I was like, "What?" And she's like, "Oh, I just made a website, da, da da," and I was like, "Who is this chick? Like, this is her hobby." You what? make me sound like an
0: insane person. Like, it's- if I was in a workplace <laughs> and this girl was like, "Oh, yeah, this is just
1: my merchandise," or like, "Oh, I just made a website," I'd be like, "Shut up." Look, <laughs> it was honestly like inspiring because I think coming from a small town and living in small towns you kind of and being at Kura so at school you just get told the work like I said I want to help people you can be a nurse you can be a teacher you can be a social worker like you actually don't get told or know about the expansive opportunities available and I didn't even know I think that that was a thing that, like, these things that you had been doing were a thing because I lived in a small town. And, yeah, you're just, you're not told about them. I actually thought they were really cool. I don't think you sounded insane at all. I still wanted to be your friend after that, so. That's true.
0: (laughs) That's a really good point, yeah. Maya's saying is, like, you can't be what you can't see. Mm. And it's just, it is that. Like, if you've grown up, like, we were really lucky. We were exposed to... I just found like not YouTubers but like inspirational like business people growing up that I would kind of watch on the news and like stuff and like watch shows about and so for me I was like oh like anything is possible Mm. but if I didn't have people that maybe looked like me that were doing those things I don't think they would have been thoughts I had I mean I feel like I became an optometrist because the only Punjabi woman in my community that I thought was really cool was an optometrist. I was Mm. like, oh, like if that's what she can do. i want to be cool like her. I can do it too. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so those were kind of my three main businesses that worked before Girls That Invest. But I mean, I had hundreds of ideas that I trialed. I trialed a like tutoring business. I did tutor for Mm. a bit. And so I was like, oh, let's make like a, was this in uni? Yeah, like let's oh, yeah. just make like a proper tutoring company. Made the website, the whole company, the whole instead company. of going through. Yeah. yeah, cool. And just you know, I'll hire tutors and da da da, and I spent ages on the website, and it just didn't amount. And then at one bit, I was like trying to be someone that offered to make websites for people like during COVID as well. Like I remember reaching out to some friends that were real estate agents and I was like, hey, do you want your own personal website? And they were like, no. And I was like, cool, Cool. and shut that down real quick. (laughs) I got another idea, it's okay. Yeah, so I think (laughs) a lot of what I did was me trialing things and kind of following my passion, which was always around helping people realize they can do more than they think they can. That's mm. always like my driving force, whether that's the Indian Feminist or Girls That Invest or, or tutoring. But I guess I kind of eventually landed on something that worked. Lovely.
1: Thanks, Sim. So like I said, she just brews ideas out of nowhere and it's amazing. And now we need you to help us with brewing some ideas. Can you break down three steps for us to how you come up with an idea you mentioned that kind of the foundation for all of your past businesses are linked with helping people so is that part of your process so yeah just walk us through three simple steps that you have
0: I think the first is have a passion for it there were businesses that I created like for example the sunglasses one Mm -hmm. where I did not have a passion for fashion. Like, that is not me. I, nah, girl. I, I'm <laughs>
1: sorry, but she does not.
0: Maya has, like, very <laughs> gently
1: been like, oh, you know, that outfit. She, okay, guys, just for a quick little, this woman goes off and does a TED talk, and she's wearing, by no means, she looks fabulous, but she's wearing her clinic. Clothes that she would wear as an optometrist—they're cute, but like, baby girl is doing her, a TED talk in LA. You don't like my black slacks <laughs> and like my your ballet flats. My ballet
0: flats <laughs> and my floral clinic <laughs> work tops. From- I believe
1: you were wearing navy pants or were they black? They were. Oh, you know, I blocked out of my memory after that comment yeah still looks cute I mean makes you feel confident and empowered and that's all you really need with what you're wearing that's a kind way of saying that she can change it up and I do love the pink suit
0: thank you but to go back to what I was saying (laughs) I am not someone that like fashion was not something I could force myself to get into I don't have the streak for it and so That experience taught me like, yes, it was making money and yes, it was a good business idea, but I didn't have the desire to continue with it or to Mm -hmm. put time and energy into it because it didn't come from a place of passion or something that interests me. And so in hindsight, through the experience of having these businesses, step one is when you have a business idea that comes from a passion or it comes from a place that is really important to you, that makes a world of the difference Mm. because when times get tough, you stick it out because you're passionate about it. When times got tough in terms of like just not being interested in creating the social media content for a sunglasses brand. I was like, I just I don't want to make posts that are like
1: fashion and Spo. You know,
0: that just wasn't me. It's not
1: authentic to you and it's not a driver. It's not your why.
0: Yeah. And so it felt like work. Whereas the brands that were my most successful, like the Indian Feminist and Girls That Invest, were heavily based off just natural passion to help and to like create conversation and be like, hey, here's some hard hitting facts that we should talk about, whether it's about money or about like gender inequity. Mm. So that is step one. If you, can tune into something that you're interested in naturally the the thing that you could get up and talk about for 20 minutes straight Mm -hmm. that's a good place to begin the second tip in terms of what it takes to come up with a good business idea is something that's scalable and scalable means not something that is just your time for your money so it's often service-based things that are hard to scale. Right,
1: because you only have X amount of time in the day and Yeah, in the day and in your life really.
0: Well yeah. So yeah. like for example, if it's a product, you can make lots of products and you can be doing something else and products will still be selling online mm. or there can be someone, you know, at your store selling said product. But if it's a service like you're trying to maybe help people write CVs or build CVs, you're taking out your time to say, well, there's only 20 CVs a day I can actually technically go through, and therefore that caps out, whereas if you had a CV template, you can sell 100 of those in a day. Mm. So it's just changing that. If it's not scalable, you don't have the drive to, again, get through the hard stuff.
1: Yeah. Okay. Right.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, I get that. The third thing that makes like a killer business idea is, is there a problem that you are fixing that you faced yourself? Mm -hmm. Every single one of my business ideas that have been good ideas have come from me going, I wish this existed. Like the Indian feminist was me looking for an Indian specific feminist platform Platform. not being able to find it and going well let me create it Mm -hmm. girls that invest was when i was younger looking for you know a female based financial education community specifically for the stock market not being able to find it and go one day i think i'll make one of my own because this is just something i really need
1: Mm.
0: when you're the customer and the creator you know what you need Mm. you know the tone you know what was missing and it's just so much easier as a journey to create a business where you're filling something that, because you're not having to convince anyone. Mm. You're not like, hey, guys, like, let me convince you that you need this product. Everyone goes, oh, my God,
1: how did you know I needed that? Yeah. So that comes down to a niche. Yes. So think of what gap is in the market and how you can fill that. And I think that's a really cool way to think about being the customer as well because it's like if this is something that i want then surely there are other people who are in the same boat as well so just to summarize that find your passion Mm -hmm. so know your why make something scalable Mm -hmm. and make sure there is a niche so find a gap in the market and fill it and be the customer as well
0: Absolutely. Because you can go, for example, you can be like, I really care about getting more people into tech careers. Mm. I'm someone in tech and I need more people of color in tech, whatever that may be. And that's your why. And then to make it scalable, it wouldn't be one-on-one conversations with people or one-on-one consulting because that can like really eat into your time. Maybe that's what you do at the start and then eventually it turns into, well, this is my training program that you can join into or we do group teaching or I'm part of you know like I make a work booklet that people can buy something that doesn't take up all your time and then you can scale it and then being able to actually say there's actually a need for it just makes it easier if people go well actually I can get into tech quite easily I don't need this then that's just a harder stair to climb
1: yeah yeah I get that I and think
0: the saying is it's a harder hill to climb, but I just,
1: I don't climb hills. I went straight to the stairs. <laughs> and I obviously am not too great at the one-liner thing. So I'm like, no, yeah, that's that sounds right. <laughs> hills are, are hard to climb. So <laughs> I think so. <laughs> okay, so that was a really good summary. And as someone, because also, guys, I am wanting I am needing this advice and I have been asking Sim for years to to help me kind of compile my thoughts and ideas and all of that kind of stuff so I'm also essentially asking her what I would like to basically like to know so how do you distinguish a good business idea from a bad one I think the first thing that like
0: if someone brings me a business idea I know instantly if it is good or bad based off the usefulness it has in filling a gap okay so if it's like hey simon i want to start a website that helps people find cool like niche homes to like stay in during the holidays i'm like there is airbnb Mm. and there's just probably like you can do it and you'll probably be able to make a living off it but it's not a disrupting
1: it's right. idea. Right. There's just it's, hard it's already saturated and therefore you'll be working harder by Absolutely. walking up the hill.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And for example, like when we see so many people start certain companies, like do you remember there was a time when everyone was starting a cake making company? Everyone was yes. like, hey, I'm really good at making cakes. The drippy ones. The drippy ones. The unicorn. Yes. And that was like a great idea and I'm sure everyone was able to make a sustainable living from it but you end up becoming so saturated that it's so hard to be different and so you've almost got to find what separates you and the bakers that did well in that space were the bakers that said well let's try making like donuts Mm -hmm. or let's try doing like cake popsicles or whatever it is you know things that just help you separate yourself and actually fill a gap that maybe people weren't able to see. So if you're like, well, we do that, but we do them all vegan. Mm. We do that, but we do them all gluten-free. Just separating yourself and finding a niche that needs to be filled, that's when you're like instant winner. Like you can't go wrong.
1: Cool. Okay. That's very helpful. Thank you. And what... Do you take into consideration when thinking of a business idea in terms of lifestyle, logistics and the reality of having a business? I think a lot of people have businesses can be romanticized and you get an idea of what something is. Is there something for people to take into consideration like What kind of lifestyle do you want to have? And does this business create the lifestyle that you actually want?
0: Oh, that is such a great question. I would not have thought of asking that. That is a good one. So when it comes to like coming up with your business idea that is one of the biggest factors that Mm. affects it because you might say well I have such a passion for like business a but business a looks like me in an office every single day with a board and stakeholders and that involves like I have to physically be there I have Mm. to be on the ground in that country and that might suit you but I knew from the beginning that I didn't want that I wanted I could imagine my lifestyle and I was like, I want a business that is completely remote. Mm. And whoever works with me, we're able to work remotely. You just need a laptop and maybe a few, you know, a microphone and you can do it from from anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I want it to be something that I can, you know, get up in the middle of the day and go to something else. And so that also really dictated the business ideas that I would come up with. For example, it meant that I probably didn't want to open a business that would need a physical store because mm, I don't want to yeah. we call them brick and mortar businesses. So they're like ah. physical b- businesses, like I don't know, owning an optometry business. <laughs> um, which my family very heavily <laughs> encouraged me to do instead. And I'd be like, even to this day they're like, Wow, we're so proud of you. But would you would you open up an optometry oh my clinic? Goodness. And
1: they are like, let it go. Seven figures isn't enough. if it's not not an optometry practice (laughs) but it's not physically there yeah yeah i I guess and for some people that's important they want something that they can touch and feel a lot more traditional and i understand from our parents generation is a lot easier for them to understand because this they never knew this so how would they think that it is successful or just in general stable for their child to have and they want what they think is good and stable and to them that is having an optometry business
0: (laughs) it is And, and so yeah once you decide what lifestyle you want that's another hugely that's such a great question hugely helpful way of working out or just narrowing down the kind of business ideas you have
1: so I have one more question before we go through our scenarios what mindset or overview should people have when thinking of a business is there a specific kind of mindset that people should be thinking of do you
0: want me to be like wake up every day at 5 a.m and like meditate and journal <laughs> and then have a cold shower if you don't have a cold shower you won't have a seven figure brand or
1: before 6 a.m or
0: before 6 a.m no I'm kidding I think that one thing i do with all of my brands that maybe is different and i might be wrong maybe this is what everyone does and you can tell me is i imagine or i treat them as if they're global brands Mm. and so when i go into it like with the indian feminist or with with the sunglasses company or even anything else i've done like i'll make the websites as if they're huge brands even if
1: they aren't like I'm not lying I'm not like oh my goodness are you more likely to put in a little bit more effort because you're thinking global this is the money this is the work that I've got to do to get global
0: yes I think what I'm maybe what I'm trying to say is like rather than companya.co.nz I'll be like companya.com because this is going to be a global company it's mm-hmm. not just restricted to New Zealand or well, with the Girls That Invest itself when we started I would say to Sonia like hey let's not just use examples that are New Zealand based let's mm-hmm. use American examples or European examples. So like, it's relatable so it,
1: pe- because we're global.
0: Because one day like people from around the world might listen in and we don't want to exclude them and so Sonia would like pick up on that. She'd be like, from the start, you treated it like it was this big successful brand and like you put an effort as if it was, so that when it you almost created like the outline to then fill the shoes
1: into Mm. it. That's a really I never would have thought of it like that.
0: I think another example would be like when I see people start up like jewellery brands or when they start up brands where they sell like merch that they own or paintings like a global brand would allow you to jump on a website and click buy now and you feel like you're getting you know a premium experience Mm -hmm. but a lot of us will not feel ready for that and it will be like dm us for an order and that kind of makes it seem a lot smaller and a lot more homegrown and so little things like that I'd make sure that all of my brands you could go to the website and buy it as the same way you could buy a Nike shirt, which it should feel like the same experience.
1: Mm. That's really cool. I never thought of it like that. Thank you. Okay, sim. So, so I have three scenarios of people that I've just made up and you will be creating a business idea for them. Oh, wow. Just you're really putting me to the test. Yeah. Girl, you do this all the time. No worries
0: is like, you do this for free when no one asks. So (laughs) now
1: that I'm asking, come up with an idea. Yeah, like let's put your brain in action. (laughs) Okay, so number one, Kahu just started university and they play hockey for the university. So they have training and games weekly during the playing season. They are needing a little extra cash because they are a new student and they're a little time poor because of sports and university
0: oh that's it come up with a business plan okay Uh, yeah I can do that (laughs) they well they're sporty (laughs) thank you so much I think this is my like golden nugget piece of advice that I like shout from the rooftops which is that when you are In a niche, like for example, this, you have the privilege of knowing exactly what's working and what's not working in that industry Mm. in a way that no one else does. And that includes myself. I am not a sporty person, right? Like it there's no fashion bone or sport bone in this body. And that's okay because what I do know, like, I don't think, you know, someone working at a bank, for example, maybe picked up on the fact that, hey, people of colour really feel intimidated when we mm. go to the bank and we yeah. struggle with the financial literacy piece because we don't see people that look like us on the front-facing side of banks. So that was something that was specific to me that, like, I could have picked up on. And within the niches that you are, you are like, in hockey, and hockey sports, for example, yeah. you'll be able to pick up on things and go, okay, well, for example... There are really like old school ways of cleaning hockey sticks that like need to be updated, or like we use certain types of like wax that is not environmentally sustainable Mm. and like so how can I like I hate the feeling of you know all this waste that I create with my sticks or like where do the sticks end up going is there ways that we can create the sleeves that are like latex free for the people that have allergies like there's all these things that you notice that other people don't notice and that's your superpower you can come up with business ideas that other people just would not be able to pick up personally i played hockey when i was five to the age of six wow and i had to stop because i would come home every week with bruises on my ankles and it just was not sustainable (laughs) yeah i would have created like just ankle warmers
1: that protected me and looked cute and looked cute yeah that's all
0: i would have done yeah
1: That's actually wonderful advice, just kind of touching on you being the customer and that is your power and knowing that if it's something that you need within the sport, within your niche, then surely other people will be needing it as well. Like Sim, little five-year-old needed ankle warmers. Just needed protection. (laughs) More padding, maybe. More padding. (laughs) Okay, so the second one is Hedda is a single mum of two. She's time poor and she wants a creative outlet. She's very creative. She likes water painting and drawing. She just wants to earn a little extra cash. She's looking for something fairly low maintenance, but mainly to get something creative for her to do. So the like normal way of thinking of this
0: idea is usually like, oh, just sell your artwork. But then that falls into... The idea of it's not scalable Mm -hmm. and because she's time poor, like how many pieces of artwork can you make before you start to feel like, am I just a machine that's Mm -hmm. just churning out this and you lose your passion? I would instead look at like, what other things does she enjoy? Does she like being a teacher? Like, for example, I love teaching. And so for me, it would possibly look like, well, maybe there's people that want to have the lessons on how to paint and she hosts like weekly friday night like adult classes Mm. for like water painting for beginners Mm -hmm. and trialing it in her local community and if there's enough traction doing them online like people can watch your zoom videos and paint we watch bob ross videos and watch him paint isn't he a doll i sometimes just watch his videos for motivational like there's no paint There's just me and... So soothing? Yeah. His voice is so soothing. I just feel like everything's right when I watch Bob Ross. (laughs) Maybe maybe it's time for a Bob Ross movie (laughs) this week. (gasps) A marathon. That would be good and visually pleasing. Anyway, so I I think to answer your question, it would look like, well, how do we make it scalable? It's Mm -hmm. probably not making the painting itself. But then how do we like harness another aspect of like her personality if it's not the actual like teaching it's again what are the products that you're using and do they make you feel good about them or are there things that you go wow like I feel really bad about these canvases that I like go through or these like the paper that I use can they be more environmentally Mm -hmm. friendly can they be more economical if you're terrible about like I don't know the The rubbish of the paint that I make, you know, like there's just so many ways of looking at every single tool that you use in your hobby and going, can things just be better? Because I think
1: that's where the best business ideas come, when there's innovation. And improving on an experience for someone. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah lovely. Thank you. Heda thanks you, even though I just made her up. (laughs) And thirdly, we have Miriana. She is a law graduate. She has been working in her job for two, almost three years. She loves her work and she's finding it very, very fulfilling, but the pay isn't cutting it. She has a lot of wonderful networking opportunities and really good work experience. So she wants to stay in her job, but she just needs a little bit more putia, a little bit more money to get her by for emergencies and things like that. And she enjoys crochet, performing arts and animals. She's single and she has quite a lot of time aside from like Mahi, her work and her hobbies. Wow. What would you do in this one? <laughs> they mediana is creative and i would probably say to do something within performing arts i think through covid everyone hopefully realized how amazing performing arts is and how amazing the arts are and probably do something with that because now that we've come out of covid people are wanting to attend more things whether it's like a poetry slam or you just kind of getting your creative friends together to create an event where i personally am hungry for more fun events Maya's <laughs>
0: like i would personally really appreciate some performing like stand up experiences so someone needs to start Please. a business
1: yeah honestly i think that's i'm just thinking there's a gap in there at the moment it is something that is I personally love to, <laughs> I love them, any kind of fun, quirky, little comedy show, performing arts, even if it's, well, you know, the drinking, wine and paint. Oh, yeah. A super in it at the moment. You can create a crochet and paint, like create events. And I've seen a lot of those things go on at the moment.
0: I love that. I think that's a great idea. And it goes to show, like, if you're someone that, goes well. Wow, like I really love the performing arts but goodness like there is just no opportunities to do it you can be that person that goes well let me organize like my town's annual or quarterly performing arts event and like let's just throw on the show together. I had the privilege of meeting some really cool South Asian people in Toronto and they were the people that not Found Rupi Kaur but were friends with when she was younger mm. and and what happened is there was just no cultural creative outlet for mm. these young creators and so they were like well let's just make our own and yeah. they would host their own events and their own poetry slams and their own stand-ups and so many amazing talents came through into that because they were creatives themselves the people that organized mm. it and people like Rupee Kaur like came through from those places and then like made it so big and so many south asian creators that we know and love if you like follow the south asian space came
1: from these like homegrown events that's amazing yeah and that's something that mediana can put together I just, I love these. <laughs> this was such a curveball. I
0: love this.
1: But yeah, I really hope this has helped. This probably is part
0: one of coming up with a business idea. I feel like we've scratched the surface of some of like the big mm-hmm. ideas of how to come up with something. But if you have enjoyed this episode, please do let us know. I think if we can summarize it, you know, there's a few steps that come into breaking down a business from Do you have the passion for it? Is it something that can be scalable? Is it something that's fitting a gap in the market? You know, How do you distinguish a good idea from a bad one? We've covered the considerations of your lifestyle Mm into the business idea that you have. And the kind of mindset and what you should be thinking of when it comes to a business is also quite important. But I know this is probably not enough for you to go away yourself Maya or anyone (laughs) listening and being like well I know what I want to do now so we'll
1: do a part two next week but I hope that this has been helpful I as someone who is needing direction to set up her own business I found this helpful and you definitely spoke about things that I never thought of so I enjoyed that thank you Sam are you just saying that because you're my friend no, I, I'm i not. <laughs> and I would tell you if it wasn't sufficient. You would, in the same way that
0: you tell me that my TEDx outfit was just <laughs> I what I would wear to work God and that was not good said. enough.
1: It's cute at an optometry clinic, but in LA on a TEDx stage, it still looks cute. My favorite, like, sentence you've ever said to me it was like, it
0: was very sweet. It was like, gently trying to drop it down on me. She was like, I know you don't. I know you don't care about what you wear. And I was like, "Where is this going?" <laughs> and she was like, "No, no, I don't mean it in a bad way. I just, you know, it's not a priority to you." And I'm like, it, "It's not." No. And she's like, "That's okay. You know, you you kind of wear like the the jeans and the top. I was in
1: Florida. She's with, guys, she's wearing she, she's wearing jeans and a top now.
0: I was in Florida with some friends and I picked up just like a plane you know how I wear just like plain t-shirts mm, Yeah. and I picked up one and my friend, I didn't know that well at the time, she goes, oh good, another like monotone top. And I was
1: like, <laughs> oh, that's okay. But you know what? There's We're- nothing wrong with plain t-shirts. There's nothing wrong with what you wear. Let me just preface this. It sounds like I'm bullying her to, no, you're not. to wear cuter things. It's just, I love how still down to earth she is. She's on the TEDx stage and she's like, yes, my clinic clothes. I love them. I feel comfortable in them. You still look good. The ballet flats could go, though. Yes, I have retired the ballet flats. Thanks Thank
0: you. Thanks to the gentle bullying from Maya. I appreciate it. but
1: Encouragement.
0: I think this is probably a good place to wrap it up. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, it is a part of our new series called Making Money. Please let us know how you found it. Send us a DM. Send us an email at at invest.com. It means a lot. And if there's any specific business-related questions you have or topics you want us to cover, let us know. This is what we're here for. Maya Mm -hmm. and I are here to chat about all things making money. And thank you again. Thank you. Ka kite. Bye and as always to finish off with our disclaimer girls that invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs we are not financial advisors the advice from girls that invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision advice from girls that invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances always do your research and please use your due diligence